0: Anne Deardor, Vice President of the Supply Chain at Cambian Networks. The supply chain is all about making things happen, you know, talking with people, building relationships.
1: I'm Katherine Speglia, and this is Well, Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. We'll be talking about the impact of COVID-19 on the telco supply chain, as well as looking to the future a little bit. But before doing that, I have to ask you that question I ask, everyone, which is, what is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you?
0: I've listened to a few of your podcasts and it seems that there are moments in time and then other people have said, hey, um, I, the environment has um, gotten me and there's been plenty of other answers as well. But I, I feel that um, I grew up um, thinking I was empowered, whether I was naive on the family farm in Iowa or or what, but I felt I had the opportunity to do Um, whatever I wanted to do. And I know my dad helped me out with that. And it's hard to believe a conservative farmer in the middle of Iowa that basically his family, I live on a century um, old farm, um, you know, was always in Iowa would um, take my older sister. He took my older sister out to California to interview for all her fashion design interviews um, he allowed my, my second uh, year sister or my, my oldest, second oldest sister um, to go to Stanford and become an electrical engineer and, uh, you know, kind of get into engineering. And so I just felt, hey, I'm entitled to something, too. And I, you know, I went into engineering and always felt that I had the opportunities to do whatever I wanted. I
1: appreciate that perspective that you provided. And that you, you mentioned that your, your father's conservative, but that doesn't mean he didn't believe his daughters
0: could do anything that they wanted. I I think uh, he was very open-minded and surprisingly so.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important because it reminds us not only are conservative people open-minded, but also if you're on the other side of that. And you you grew up, you know, in a liberal household or you're liberal doesn't mean that you are safe from the the traps of things like sexism and, and that type mm-hmm. of thing. So I, I think it's just a really important thing to talk about. You know, you can think that you are open-minded and that you're inclusive, but sometimes our world shows us a different reality. So I, I just think it's important to bring that up. Okay, uh, thank you for sharing that perspective. And so now we're gonna talk a little bit about what I alluded to in the beginning, which is how COVID has impacted the supply chain specifically. So, Anne, what are some of the biggest impacts that the pandemic has had on the telco industry, but like from the supply chain aspect?
0: Yeah, you know, first and foremost, it, and, you know, you just don't jump on a plane to solve a problem anymore. Um, the supply chain is all about making things happen, You know, talking with people, building relationships and you know, I you know I had airplane miles, um, but but it's really now trying to figure out how to um, live in the environment without being with someone out without seeing the problem firsthand. How can how can you see the problem? So that was that that was you know, hey, I can't jump on a plane anymore um, was the first thing. But um, the first of COVID, actually, it was kind of a battle of survival when. COVID first happened, I was actually in China um, the day before Chinese New Year, um, meeting with a supplier that I hadn't met their president before. And so I was building that relationship, felt it was important. My employee that met me that was Taiwanese. Told me, hey, you know, there's this uh, epidemic going around. Do you want to go? And we met in the hotel. So we changed. We already changed even in January how we would meet with a supplier at that point in time. But little did I know that that meeting would then result into four weeks of shutdown in China, right? So, so all the suppliers were not coming back as quickly in China, and then it just went across the globe, right? So. Mexico and, and luckily, they other you know, Malaysia, other India, all, all these places had time to see okay, here's what China did. Um, in the two weeks that they were not coming back, and what did they need to put in place? And people had uh, uh, around the world had time to react, but um, China, you didn't. And then, with our supply chain being you know, a majority uh based in China, we needed to act fast, prioritize. Um, those shipments, what we needed um, for the quarter, right? What were our customers um, calling out that, hey, we need to get these installed. We, We really make this a priority. We had to, you know, basically prioritize exactly what moment that they were coming back to what they needed to build for us to get out. And plus, we had our own distribution center in China as well. So you know, we too were also thinking of the health of our employees, right? First and foremost, you you couldn't, you didn't want to put anyone into a situation that didn't, you know, put them at risk of getting sick or or worse. So um, it was about managing the the people, maximizing what people you could have there, which um, maximizing um, the factory's capacity that you had, and then minimizing the risk across all of those activities. Um, so that was kind of the first two to three months of COVID. And then it transformed into connectivity really being a lifeline for a lot of people in the wireless industry, for sure. And so it brought in volume that we weren't expecting, right? So we were, we were conservative. Are we going to survive? How are we going to deal with these two, you know, COVID? How is everyone going to react to our distributors, our customers, our end users, how everyone was going to react to, oh, my gosh, everyone needs wireless. You know, schools are going to want people to drive by and be able to use their wireless technology to download assignments. You know, th- things, that, things were just happening rapidly. And, um, and luckily for us, we had, we had a good result. There's other companies and other industries which were not having, you know, having the opposite effect. They were suddenly losing volume. But we had a better, we had a good problem to solve. And so I was happy about that. But now we're fighting constraints, right? So there are factories down for, for two months um, that now needed to do that same capacity in less of the time that they had. So working with companies, trying to understand, hey, what capacity do you have available what what can we do with that capacity what is most important as they said prioritizing is is huge and understanding and allocating to where you need um, need all the product um, so that was one of the, a big impact with um, the supply chain the other is um, within it is the freight so if as you imagine that the airplanes were not going anymore that reduced um, some of the lanes, uh, the f- freight lanes to about 60% less capacity. So those bellies of those airlines that I was flying on home from China to, to Chicago were now less planes going, less opportunity to get material coming from China to the U.S. to, to Europe, to, to India, to all these different places. Um, you just had less cargo space and costs are rising, right? So, so a lot of the carriers are charging a COVID surcharge, right? That now it causes you to pay more for freight on the airline. So, well, normal person would say, Hey, let's just put it on the ocean or at least a supply chain person. I shouldn't say maybe a normal person, but supply chain person would say, Hey, let's just put it on the ocean. And, um, you know, save costs and, and, the, but, but people were taking vessels out that were going across to the locations as well. So it was just a ginormous reduction in capacity and we are seeing a boom in the market. So it was about plan. you know, being able to plan better, get the data aligned better to understand, okay, I'm going to have to book a vessel now four weeks ahead of time where I was able to book it within a week or two weeks at it. So um, you know, and just that everyone wants everything yesterday. So it's about trying to, to understand what that person wants four weeks from now to be able to, um, maximize, you know, customer satisfaction as well as your own, uh, delivery and revenue that you're, you're trying to, to, uh, get. So lots of, lots of COVID impacts for sure for the supply chain.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, having to balance the increase in demand with decrease in supplies and materials sounds particularly challenging. And you started to get into this a little bit, but I did want to ask you you know, more specifically how the supply chain and those in the industry adapted. I mean, we're, we're months into this. So kind of where are we now in terms of what has been done to handle that? And that balance.
0: There's more planning. So people are talking, and people were talking before, but people are talking more, right? Saying, you know, hey, this is going to be constrained. Please plan out. And, uh, you know, some suppliers now we have 26 week lead time of parts, so we're having to plan right now what we will need, you know, next summer. Or in the wireless space, so we're we're providing that demand. We've always provided a 12 month forecast out to our suppliers, but but we're really making sure it's more accurate than what it was. And you know, if you're in the supply chain industry, you're not believing forecast accuracy is worth anything. But but you have to be you have to decide what risk you want to take. So people are planning the risk on what they think their company is going to stand for what they're going to you know sell in the future and how they're going to see the path moving forward so um you know they 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 have to stay up on the industry right they have to you know read up on rcr wireless right understand what's going on just to make sure that you're making the right bets in the right spots, right? So, you know, is 5G, is LTE, all all of the different technologies. What are we going to bet on and where? And that's that's really, you know, it, it's a you know million dollar question. Or your you know you're, is your company going to be successful that you've made those bets? And it's more important now than in the future because if you make the wrong bet, it's you're just not going to have those supply. You're not going to be able to sell what you think you're going to be telling your marketplace that you're going to be able to sell.
1: I appreciate that completely unsolicited plug for our <laughs> COVID caught a lot of the world unprepared. Maybe not totally by surprise, but certainly unprepared. And because of that there was a lot of adapting we had to do kind of in real time. But now that we know pandemics happen and we've had to build up a response to it, are you imagining that there are going to be, you know, longer term effects on the industry? Like will we continue to do things differently in our industry moving forward even once we've kind of moved past the the pressing impact of COVID?
0: Yeah, I think um You know, there's good things that have come up with that. I think people are learning how to keep themselves more up to date by, you know, reaching out and talking to people through Zoom meetings. And there there potentially is, uh, let's call it more time to sit and reflect than running Because people aren't running to the planes, running to talk to people, see people preparing for meetings that are going to be face to face, because there was just a lot of lost time there because you, you flew, you know, you lost two hours in airplane if you're going somewhere. Um, I, I think that they're now putting that energy into other things. Whether it's, you know, looking at the internet for your information, talking to your customers. Now you can maybe talk to five customers instead of just one customer a day. Just a little bit more information gathering um, is happening. I think that 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 will stay, that people will realize that they can can work in a virtual environment um, effective. Some, some things, you know, you're, you're going to want, I, I think that one of the longer term impacts will be that you probably develop relationships more strongly and stay with someone longer in, in it. You know, you find the right person and now you you you're comfortable virtually talking and I'm talking suppliers. I'm not talking about my husband or my boyfriend or anything, but suppliers, those type of relationships that you're, that you're creating, you're, you're going to feel comfortable with them and it will be harder for you to move to a different supplier because you can't just go and, you know, un- look at them. You know, now it's a controlled environment where they can show you only what they can show you, what you can see virtually, right? And so I, I think that there's going to be a little bit of understanding and development of that going forward, if that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And I knew what you meant,
1: but I'm glad you clarified. (laughs) (laughs) So slightly different question, and this is more about just how quickly the market changes. So how does Cambian help its customers stay up to date in a market where products come and go constantly and are always changing?
0: Well, well, Cambian has the Cambian community. So we have a community of um, online community of our our um, our our anyone, right? They don't have to be a customer of ours. They they could just be interested in in it. But the Cambian community is out there for to reach to, to talk to, communicate, to ask questions. Um, But but there's also not only Cambian, but as I said, there's our you know other industry areas where you could go and find out you know, Hey, what, what would you use in this scenario? What, 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 you, you know, is, is Medusa three gig, um, the best thing out there, right? Those are, you can go and ask of those other, the other communities and not necessarily be biased towards Cambium, but it's really about looking around the industry. And, and I, you know, pay attention to, to what, um, you're seeing out in the world, like me being a supply chain person, I, um, I'm seeing that Amazon is out there um, renting budget white minivans delivering product, right? And so I go, huh, why, why is Amazon having to rent budget vans to do their market? Well, huh, they must be pretty high in capacity that they've ran out of space on their Amazon, you know, trucks that are the gray ones that you see out there. And so then I go, oh, I wonder if the U.S. trucking is getting impacted because of Amazon um, having to go reach out and get other fleets or other cars or vans or trucks in their fleets. And, and I bet we have a constraint in the trucking market. Right. And so, so it's just, you have to think about what you're seeing, what's impacting you or are you, you know, are you wanting Wi-Fi at a, at a ball game, right? It, it, you know, when you're out spread across um, five people, can you talk to them virtually now? And you need Wi-Fi or wireless technology out there now in a baseball field because you need to stay further away of, from people and you still want to converse with them, or or you may want your grandma to watch uh, your son play uh, baseball, right? Or or volleyball in my case, but but those kind of things. And then so then is the you know, are, are we going to have more capacity and things like that? So it's, it's about kind of relating what you want to do to what you think the marketplace needs.
1: So sort of, a similar question. This one's about future proofing your network or, you know, making sure that you don't have to keep upgrading infrastructure, like six months, a year after you put it in, what would you say are some of the most important things, uh, to keep in mind or to look for in a product or a solution that has like staying power?
0: Well, I think, um, the, the easiest and most, um, important thing is basically you want to make sure that you're getting, uh, Backwards compatibility um, with the solutions that you're having, so that you know, with, if that, is there alternate solutions that work together? You know, first and foremost, but then if you're looking at new technology, is that pa- backwards compatible to your old technology? And do you, you know, you need a supplier that has that as a strategy? You know, as as Cambian does, or I'm sure there's others out there as well, but. Camean wants you to be able to use your mark or use the network that you have, but add add the enhancements, add the future um, that you know improvements that you can make onto that network. And we we do that a lot with software um, upgrades and making sure that you can use the software backward and forward um, as we're developing new products.
1: 2020 has just ended. It was a tough year, as we talked about a little bit. And we might have another tough year ahead of us. I think it's still a little too early to say. With that in mind, are there any supply chain or market trends that you're keeping an eye on as we begin 2021?
0: Well, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the tariffs um, in the industry um, disrupted us. Um, I, I think, you know, with the new administration, you um, we have to see what happens there with the relationships that we have globally. You know what is the backlash, if any, to China? Right? What are the beliefs? Um, you know, we're we're looking at. You know, is there potential exit China strategies? Is there potential? You know, is India going to have um, take product from China? I mean, it's not only the U.S. in a sense. I mean, we're, we're a global supplier as well, so we have to think about. Um, you know just the relationships all the other countries are going to have, as well as then what are the costs and the tariffs um, going to play into that uh, another trend um would be that customers are looking at how how to deal with the disruptions right the business continuity I think the um, flooding in Thailand the um, issues that Japan had um, in, you know ten years ago were nothing compared to the um, things that happened with COVID. I don't think anyone would have ever thought a global um, disruption would have, you know, had, would occur or plan for that. So I, I think that you know there, there'll definitely be trends, ideas, um, how to get data more virtually, more readable, uh, more easier access. Um, all of that is, is going to be um, going in 2021 and in the future. So I think that's just something that I'm going to pay attention to, to make sure that I'm, you know, transforming and, and, you know, being as agile and flexible of a supply chain for, for my company as well.
1: Yeah. I think even on a personal level, we're all going to need to be a little bit more flexible and agile mm-hmm. in
0: 2021. So yeah. And patient, patient's probably the, the word about it. Right. Cause it's like, So I said I started this with, hey, uh, I'm going to jump on a plane to fix a problem. And now it's like, "Okay, I got to like go set up a meeting and we're going to get a Zoom. You know, it's not that you can go reach at someone and grab them and put them in front of you anymore. Right. And it's uh, you're just going to have to be patient of how to work through that. Mm -hmm. It's very bizarre how
1: this is one of the few things that I think. We can talk about how it's impacting an industry, and also talk how, about how it's impacting an individual. And it's very similar. <laughs> like, you know, I'm planning a wedding, and in terms of patience, and have to like speaking with vendors because beyond that, I know that vendor is dealing with the impact of COVID too, just like I am. Mm-hmm. And you know, Cambium's dealing with the impact of COVID, but so are your suppliers. And you you have to be just like you said, much more patient and flexible, and willing to work with people. And you know, there's pros to
0: that, so hopefully, we can bring some of that forward, um, right? And, and we're not the only ones now, you know, as I said, the industry is growing, so it's like some of these suppliers aren't caught up, even from their two, which amazes me, right? Their four week disruption in Mexico, they had had you know, four week disruption. And they're still trying to catch up with some some of the suppliers there, and it's amazing to me that now the industry is going even need more, and um, you know they're like, well, we just raised our uh, lead time to twenty six weeks. You didn't place your PO in time. Well. Okay, of course I didn't, right? <laughs> and so it's, uh, you know, to, to, you have to bite back what you want to say on, on those kind of situations. And, and for them as well, right? Every single person is calling them wanting parts, right? It's just crazy. <laughs> it is something. Well,
1: and thank you so much for, for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, thank you. Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Catherine Spaglia.